It's time for the moment you've been waiting for. Well, Jack, thank you very much for being here on the very first episode of the How Embarrassing podcast. Um, I couldn't think of any better person to be the first guest on this episode because you love movies like I do. You love Evil Dead like I do. You're also a fellow strange person in general. So I think this is just the perfect way to get this going. I don't have any juicy intro for like the podcast or anything. So I say we just start talking about Evil Dead Rise. Well, thank you for having me. And all I could think about was how much I wanted to cut you all open and then climb inside your bodies. (laughs) Evil Dead Rise is the fifth film in the Evil Dead horror series. It is not a sequel to the last Evil Dead feature, 2013's Evil Dead, which was a remake of 1981's The Evil Dead, which was followed up by Evil Dead 2, which was itself a remake of 1981's The Evil Dead, both films followed by Army of Darkness, which has nothing to do with the first two films and isn't even a horror movie. And let's not forget 2015's TV series Ash vs. Evil Dead, which skips Evil Dead and Army of Darkness and is a direct sequel to Evil Dead 2. What a coherent franchise! That is a lot of remakes going on. There's a lot of remakes going on with Evil Dead. Like, it's actually crazy when you sit down and look at it that there is Evil Dead which is its own movie. Mm-hmm. Sorry, no. The Evil the Dead. Evil the first Dead. one's The Evil Dead. Correct. Evil Dead 2 is a remake of The Evil Dead. Yeah, it's a a re re-sequel. It, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. It's very odd. Yeah. Then there's Army of Darkness, which is a medieval action comedy. Yeah, that that just kind of borrows from the previous Evil Dead 2, but yeah. not not necessarily a sequel. No, it's it's basically its own movie. Yeah. And then nothing happened for 30 years right. or 20 years. And the, no, Evil Dead, not the Evil Dead, just regular Evil Dead right. was a remake of the first one. Yes. And then now we have Evil Dead Rise, which seems to not be any of those things. No. But a third scarier thing. It's some sort of third thing. That seems to take place in the Evil Dead universe for, well, not really, but kind of. Yes, but no. Yes, but no. So when people started talking about this movie, they were talking about the Evil Dead universe, and that's something I've never thought about. Like, I've never thought that the Evil Dead universe had a universe, because it was such, like, just kind of a string of a few horror movies that were more or less loosely connected uh, through the main character, Ash. Yeah. But... Except for the remake, which didn't have Ash at all. Correct. But that was like its own weird reimagining of the first movie. So it's really a strange thing to think that it's now like a series. Right. Because I've never thought of it as a series. It's always just kind of been those movies that are fun and wacky and weird and goofy. Yeah, it's always kind of felt like they were 
they kept trying to trying to hit a home run with with one movie in particular, but they couldn't make up their mind of how they wanted to do it. So we're going to go full spoilers here. Let's just get into it. What did you think of Evil Dead Rise? Um, I would say I enjoyed about 80 percent of the movie. I had a great time for the entire, uh, I guess we'll say, middle of the movie. Um, I was not a fan of the open, the whole opening to title sequence. I'm so glad you said that because I am not a fan of that at all, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, we will will go over that, but I I felt that was just completely unnecessary. And then you get in, so that, that is basically its own story. Um, and then you get into the actual movie. Um, and I think that on its own was just fine. Do you want to inaugurate this podcast with the, I hate going to the movies segment and tell your story? Yes. Um, so this is a, probably one of many experiences. The, I hate going to the movies part one. I hate, I hated going to the movies for this movie because two people next to us felt it was their, it was a right to just talk and add commentary to the entire the entire runtime of this movie it was ne- damn near close to an is that the it follows incident <laughs> of 2013 or 2014 um infamous incident where someone next to me during the showing of it follows quite literally was was almost gripping my arm saying is that the it follows <laughs> When, if you've seen this, if listeners have seen this movie, there's there's um, ghostly entities that follow you in this world. Uh, one of them came on screen, and this person literally said, "Is that the It Follows?" <laughs> and I busted up laughing in that theater. I I could not control myself. It was a very serious scene. I think it may have been when the the tall man comes into the room, and and it's like a very tense, horrifying scene. And then like this oh this God. person is literally like on me, going, "Is that the it follows?" <laughs> and I freaking bust up laughing. It was horrible. Um, so yes, I had a very similar experience throughout Evil Dead. I had people next to me whenever. Um, Elizabeth Sutherland's face, who's the lead in the movie, um, is smiling into the camera or looking through the pinhole of the door, um, just going, oh, this bitch ugly for a <laughs> And then, like, and then, <laughs> and then it would go, you know, the, the movie is very loud. If you, if, if you're going to see it, it's a very loud film with a lot of loud sound effects, but there's a lot of quiet directly after it. And I swear something insane and crazy happens and it goes quiet. And all I could hear in the corner was, Oh my God, this bitch so ugly. <laughs> and then someone else would be like, no girl, don't do it. Don't open that door. And then, you know, the jump scare or something would happen and they would scream at the top of their lungs and kick the seat in front of them. Yeah. I, I cannot stand going to the movies anymore. Um, yeah, I I I had a perfectly fine experience at the theater with this one, but I'm glad you shared that because the movie I saw before this and after this uh, had terrible movie theater experiences, and I will be reviewing those ones next. So uh, you will get part two of I hate going to the movies. Yeah, um, yeah. So unfortunately, I have to say I I did not really enjoy this movie. I can't say that it was a bad movie, but I. I thought it was mid as hell. I thought it was completely just middle of the ground. 
nothing was bad about it, but nothing really made me enjoy it that much. I, yeah, it just, I, I, I go in with the expectation of what is going to be in an evil dead movie. Cause again, we're at that point now where you have an expectation for an evil dead movie, right? Which is weird, but I, I had expectations for certain things to happen that were like evil dead ish. And I heard a lot of people on the internet saying, Oh, if you love the evil dead movies, you're going to love this one. And I was like, Oh boy, I love the evil dead movies. And then (laughs) I, I was sitting there and I was like, when does the evil dead happen? (laughs) Um, so let's just go go through the movie kind of beat by beat. So you mentioned earlier you hated the intro. I hated the intro too. I could not so stand it that. It kicks off with this cold open where you've got this uh I'm sure there's some word for it in the the evil dead dot wiki yeah. horror forms or something. <laughs> but anybody who's seen Evil Dead, you know the big like the the camera, yeah, camera running through the forest thing. And I was like, oh man, we're we're just getting right into it, huh? And then we go. Nope, gotcha. It's a drone. I actually thought that was kind of neat. That I was, was clever. Like, okay, they that got was pretty me. Funny. I thought they were doing the thing, but it's a drone. Ha ha ha. Yeah, that was a nice subversion. But yeah, and then it goes right into the cabin in the woods aspect. And what? There's a girl who's like sick on the bed, and then they start talking, and then she gets possessed. She's all dead-eyed. Um, she goes and rips people up. People die, fall in the lake, blah, blah, blah. It's like five minutes long. It's 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 oddly long, actually. Like Yeah, in, it's kind of an interesting cold open. Yeah, yeah it a, goes on for too long. long. Usually when they do these sorts of things, they're pretty short. But this was like a f- seven-minute, five-minute long cold open. I was like, is this the movie? Like, when did they get to the city? How does this... Uh, yeah, uh, I was like, when, it, when does the, the uh, apartment complex come in? Yeah. Because I'm like, what what is going on? And, and then also you, the two of the most insufferable young adults you've ever met are just talking at a for a minute right and you're like this is not how human beings talk because they're using very they're very stiff yeah they're very uh i think that it seems like they're trying to avoid swear words and i was it like, was very weird oh no are we gonna get this like i you know for like you said that first opening shot i went oh we are so back all right cool <laughs> and then it gets to them and i'm like crap yeah and then um Kids die, lady falls in the water, she rises out of the water all Christ-like, and then it, it yeah. was really cool. I love the title cards where oh. it said Evil Dead Rise in the Sky. Wonderful imagery. Beautiful. Hang Just that gorgeous. in the Louvre. Looked fantastic. And yeah. I was like, I was like, hell yeah. We, then I was like, that, we are yeah, exactly. so back. I exactly. was like, cool. The scene overall sucked. Yeah. But that part was cool. Culminated in something very nice. Hard cut. Los Angeles the day before to which I interesting go interesting choice right I kind of rolled my eyes because I hate in TV shows and movies whatever I hate when they do a 24 hours earlier or whatever yeah. I'm like fuck what you just fuck? play right. the movie out straight don't give me this weird we memento this weird bullshit in media ray storytelling where seriously we, we tell it and and for it to be so quick of the span of a day makes no sense to me yeah that is exactly. so stupid so a day earlier, Los Angeles girl. What's her name? Beth? Lily Sullivan. Lily plays Sullivan. Beth, who is a um, guitar tech for a what appears to be maybe a hardcore band. Yeah, and she is pregnant, taking a test. Yes, she finds the bad news in a disgusting bathroom at this club. That it's implied that she is in fact pregnant. Yes. Um, and she decides, I'm going to go see my sister. Correct. Who is Elizabeth Sutherland, who plays 
I'm forgetting Mommy? her. Yeah, Mama? Yeah. Mama. Who plays Mom? Um, Ellie? Ellie. Yeah, Ellie. 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 We there we go. The wow. Notes in front of we us. saw the movie. It's almost I swear. like we prepared for this. Yeah. Um, I read the IMDb, guys. Yeah. Come on. So you've got Beth, you've got Ellie. They're in this spooky Art Deco building that is like very old and dilapidated, but people are still living in it. And I guess it used to be a bank building. They kind of reference something like that. Yeah. At one they mentioned, point. I think one of the kids mentions it was a banking building. Yeah. Um, and then they've got three kids. The mom does. So the husband is gone. Husband's out of the picture. Yes, we find out in kind of a boring way that the husband's out of out of the picture. Um, it's just a, a single mom who works too hard. Single mom works too hard, maintains her very large apartment with three children on her tattoo artist salary. Which is but just... We won't of, get into that. Yeah, I'm already... Suspension of disbelief is gone in, in, in just out the Lord's window. year of 2023. How is a tattoo artist with... One, supporting three kids and two, living in a nice three-bedroom L.A. Um, yeah, seriously. Apartment. I mean, I know it's a condemned building, but still. Yeah, and then um, basically there's a storm because that happens in LA. It's a It's a quake storm. Quake storm. We get a, we get, yeah, classic The Asylum LA. presents quake storm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Asylum presents L.A. Quake Storm 23. Um, <laughs> Blows open the floor underground. Right. And the kids go underground. Not the best place to be in an earthquake. They go looking downstairs. Yeah, the, no, kids the kids do. <laughs> kids Two of the, three of the kids go downstairs. They find old spooky vault stuff, old spooky vo- book. And the kid takes, one of the kids takes old spooky records because he's like a DJ boy. They find the spooky book. They find the spooky records. Basically, they play the spooky records. Oh, naturally. And as one would. And the spooky recording has stuff from a hundred years ago this year mm-hmm. from a, a priest or someone who's discovered the old Necronomicon, which, you know, appears throughout the Evil Dead movies. Did they call it the Necronomicon? They called it something else. They called it like the Necroblabnablah. They said something, yeah, literally something that else, because yeah. it's like a shoddy 1920s vinyl and it said they call it something and I, I literally went, what the fuck did they call that? The Necronomicon. But then they go, the book of the dead. Dead. And you're like, oh, yes. Like, oh, the Necronom gun. <laughs> yeah, and you hear people in the background who are like, this is a heresy. You cannot read from the book. And then he's like, God damn you, I will read from the book. Read from the book now. And then in my favorite moment of the movie, they're playing this over the kids' DJ loudspeakers, and they're, he says the words from the book, and he's like, and then like, the house starts shaking. You get the big rumble, and it does the evil dead things. And I was like, okay, this is neat. Problem... This is 30 minutes into the movie. Correct. It's a 90-minute movie. Correct. The old movies get going within like 10 minutes. They waste no time. Right. This one took a long time to get up. There's a lot of buildup. There's a lot of buildup. The book is read... The words are read aloud from the book. The mom is the first one who gets possessed. Even though... So she says to the kids when they go down to get the pizza, take the stairs, don't take the elevator in a storm. Not 10 minutes... After an earthquake. After an earthquake. More importantly, which is a good... Sound life advice. Everyone listening at home, never take an elevator after an earthquake and a storm. Yeah. I would also extend that to just don't take elevators, but you know. Never take an earthquake in a storm quake. Yeah, never take never an er- earthquake earthquake <laughs> in a storm quake. You heard it here, folks. And not 10 minutes after she tells the kids that, she decides, I'm going to take the elevator. To go do laundry, to go do of all laundry. things. Yeah. <laughs> she gets it to the... No, my favorite part of that moment is that she looks at the stairwell... And she like stares at it for a few seconds and she's like, 
no, I'm going to take nah. the elevator. Nah. It's like, well, you just told the kids not to take the elevator. <laughs> and then she goes and she gets into the elevator. Uh, she gets possessed by the spooky. Um, she gets all uh, hung up by cables, kind of like in the original The Evil Dead in a throwback to the scene with like the vine rape scene. The, the, ins- the infamous vine scene in both Evil Dead, and Evil Dead Evil, 2, and yeah. Evil Dead. She gets possessed. Finally in the movie now. We're finally in the movie. Um, she gets possessed like 30 minutes into this movie, but it's not until about 45 minutes in the movie that the other people start turning to deadites as well. Right. And I remind you, this is a 90 minute movie. So it's taken 45 minutes before anything really kicks off. And I have a huge problem with that because, again, it's a 90 minute movie. And if you're making Hereditary or The Witch or something that is a slow burn horror movie, that's fine because you're building up these characters, this environment, this sort of thing. But when you're doing an Evil Dead movie, it's like the characters, the Evil Dead is a kind of series, it's it's born of the 80s of the slasher era where the characters are basically vessels to get stabbed. Absolutely. And I found it very annoying that they were trying to take this character angle and build up these characters, but none of them ended up being that interesting. Right. So it wound up being 45 minutes of buildup for people I didn't really care about, just for things to start kicking off. And once they started dying, once they started getting possessed and everything, I was like, I didn't care enough. Like, they tried to make me care about these kids, but I don't care about them. Right. So now they're just getting stabbed and everything. Why didn't they just get stabbed 10 minutes into the movie? Because I don't care about them. 10 minutes <laughs> of the movie, or 45 minutes into the movie, because they're not really characters. They were just kind of like stereotypes yeah they were definitely just uh teenagers they were the, literally yeah, just teenagers they're, they're your average movie teenagers average movie teenagers and i especially hated the little kid um really the youngest kid i despise the little kid because my beef with little kids in movies is that i think it's such a cheap trick because it's like if you want it's a shortcut to get the audience to care about what's happening because everyone right. cares about a kid. It's like a stupid dog in the movie. <laughs> when they're lazy and they don't know how to make the audience invested in what's going on, throw a dog in, Kill an throw animal. a kid in because everyone's going to go, oh, no, not little Betsy or no, not Air Bud. Like, I was really sad when the dog died. <laughs> Seriously. So as soon as the kid showed up in this movie, I was like, oh, no, they put a kid in Evil Dead. It's like if you it's like the fucking Phantom Menace when it's like you're watching Star Wars and like, oh, no, there's they got a kid in the Star Wars now. Oh, God. And I'm, I'm sure I'm not the first to point this out, but it was very aliens. It was very Ripley and Newt throughout yeah. the last segment of the movie because that's a great fast forwarding a bit you get down to all the kids get dead-eyed and die and then it's just beth and newt uh sorry beth and small kid let's just call her newt fuck it beth yeah, and newt beth and newt that's beth and newt. cassie actually. cassie there we yeah, go beth okay, so Ca- beth beth and cassie <laughs> um newt. are just on their own and then they fight the big monster mash at the end and the whole time I was thinking, this is literally aliens. This is Ripley and Newt running around on their own. And this is the the queen alien scene. That is a hilarious and also super accurate representation of that. It is definitely an alien scene. Yeah, it is. It's it was through and through a bit cookie cutter for me. So even if they didn't do the aliens aspect it was still annoying that there was a kid but the fact that they had a kid and then they went into the aliens aspect i was like okay Dude, this i'm is, gonna protect doing you. too much doing too much this is too easy yeah um 
I wish this movie had just not bothered to make any inter- not bothered to try and make characters and just use them as blood bags. Yeah, just fodder. Just fodder. Or actually made characters that I was interested in so that when things right. happen, you care. But it kind of tried to do both at the same time, where it was like, we're going to try to make these characters for only 45 minutes, and then they're all going right. to get dead-eyed and die. Yeah. And I was like, pick one. Just yeah, make them cannon seriously. fodder or make them good characters, not this kind of halvesies thing. There was this, there's this theme throughout the film of motherhood. <laughs> yeah, right. That I was baffled by and I could not understand why or what the real point was because at the end I could just picture like the press junket and someone who works for fucking Vox or something asking uh, Alyssa Sutherland like but what's the movie really about (laughs) and she's all like at the end of the day it's about family or it's about motherhood and i'm just like are you shitting me like okay let's 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 get into it so you've got the so beth is pregante pregnant pregnant. she is pregnant as hell um which we confirm later because ellie points it out when she's a deadite yeah ellie crawls on her in a particularly fun gnarly scene and goes i will swallow your soul and then she like holds the tum tum Uh gives her a little tum tum rubby and goes Doodles, and I, I I giggled. I thought I was yeah. like, <laughs> "That's cool, got him, got him." Yeah. And so there's that aspect. There's also the aspect of um, uh, Ellie being a single mom who works too hard. Who works a single mom who works too <laughs> loves hard. her kids and never stops. And Gentle hands in the heart of a fighter. Everybody dies except for at the end Beth, who is pregnant, and Newt. Cassie. Then she takes up Cassie as her sort of, I was going to say. Daughter. Daughter. Association. Yeah. Yes. And. Found family. Found family. And and there are some lines where um, you have dead-eyed Ellie and she's all like, you're never going to be a good mother or whatever. And And then there's a line where the Cassie. Uh, who You'll be a great mother. Yeah, you she, know how to lie to kids. That was a one time. Yeah, I was oh like, my oh, that was God. actually pretty funny. I, and she, she, she can't hold her American accent because none of these people are American, even though it takes place in Los Angeles. It's an almost exclusively Australian and New Zealand cast. Given Cassie is actually born in England, which was a actress. weird wrench in the rest of that phrase. Don't worry, Auntie Beth. You'll be a good mom someday. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, what is this motherhood, like, theme? And then again at the end, when they fight the big monster mash and, like, they're putting the head in the wood chipper. And I think at the end, disembodied head of Ellie says something like, you're going to be a shitty mother. Like, blah, 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 blah. You stupid, stupid slutty groupie. Yeah. Yeah, you stupid slut and your stupid slut babies. You're like a dumb fucking band. Yeah, it's something like that. I'm just like, what? what is this? Like, what is there an actual theme of motherhood in this movie or are they just trying to make it happen and like yeah. trying to... You can't just like have a theme of motherhood by having a mother in the movie like this, this, this is this is like a high school english essay like yeah the theme of the film is motherhood it, how do i know this this is exemplified by the mom 
and it's yeah, but it's like very what, ninth grade English yeah, basics like, here. There's you what like what was the the point of that theme? They didn't develop it, so it's like not even a theme. It's just a thing that's in there. Yeah, and if you're not going to do an actual sort of theme then don't put it in the movie and again right. why does the evil dead movie need to have like a theme because for a, a reminder for our beautiful listeners none of the evil dead movies have a theme Correct. other than um the people are possessed now and they're the bad guys yeah i'd like to sidebar that too where i think it's it's that is one of my beefs with the movie is that it is trying so hard to make you love these characters and develop this story as a hereditary would, but you're making an evil dead movie. And exactly. I think and if I can compare it to the 2013, um, requel or remake, if you will. Um, I think that one does a great job of making you care for the main character. None of the side characters, and then immediately go into just what we're here for, which is Evil Dead, Deadites being chopped up and a lot of self-harm going on in the movie. You just, yeah, that's what you're here for when you go and see an Evil Dead movie, all of them. You're not here to reflect on motherhood. Yeah, um, so let's talk about what makes an Evil Dead movie. Because I saw people saying this is a... This is what Evil Dead fans have always wanted. If you're a fan of Evil Dead, you will love this movie, blah, blah, blah. And I was watching this movie, and as I said earlier, it did not feel like an Evil Dead movie to me. It, I didn't think it had what I expected to have from an Evil Dead movie. So I went online, and I'm reading these forums and whatever, and people are talking about, it had everything an Evil Dead movie should have. It had blood and guts and deadites and spooky stuff. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> You've missed the point here. Yeah. What makes an Evil Dead movie an Evil Dead movie is whimsy. Yeah. The old movies are very whimsical. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you have... They're so silly, and they never really even try to not be silly. Absolutely. So when you think about Evil Dead 2, you have, you know, um, Henrietta, you know, the old lady who wakes up dead in the cellar. You can wake up dead? Like the first thing she says is someone's in my fruit cellar. And a- and then Ash just like ah! he just like screams and someone with a tasty soul. And it's it's it doesn't even try to not be insane and silly. You have the part where uh, the other random characters show up, the one like hillbilly truck driver, like Bobby Joe. And then oh, yeah. the, the, the eyeball gets launched out of the head and it flies into the mouth of Bobby Joe. And it's just slapstick to all hell. Yeah. Ash cuts off his hand with a chainsaw and then it's crawling around and he's shooting it and he's like screaming, give me back my hand. You know, he he shoots a hole in the wall and it sprays out blood like a fire hose at him. Like it's yeah. the, the 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 famous scene, one of my favorite scenes in any movie ever where the taxidermy deer on the wall starts laughing. <laughs> <laughs> he 
insane and funny. And also the Deadites are even with the 2013 um Evil Dead, there is that sense of whimsy. Like there uh, totally is. Mia gets the main character Mia, she gets uh thrown down into the cellar, and you know, her boyfriend or whoever it is, one of the other male characters is opening and looking down the stairs and and she says something she's like why did you come down here so i can suck your cock big boy yeah it's like so it's, it's good. so it's funny so like it's so funny and this movie like didn't have I think any tr- of that like i i didn't find any i was like where's the where's the deadites being like, <laughs> like i think it really like tried. witches and it tried in a I, few parts and i think it was trying but it, this kind of comes to a bigger beef with um I I don't think it was I don't think it was harsh enough. I think it really tried to be the whole I absolutely oh, mom's, agree. mom's like, you know, turning on her kids and she, you know, there's a, a part where she is locked out. They they get her outside of the apartment and she's a lot of it is filmed through the uh I'm losing the word the pinhole keyhole yeah the keyhole the the security hole the the little hole you look when the pizza guy is here to see if it's a pizza guy or an axe murderer um and a lot of it is filmed through there and some pretty interesting shots but um you know a lot of nothing quite memorable as as evil dead no as the previous evil deads no Um, there there wasn't and there are so many iconic moments in evil dead 2 and even the remake, which I recently watched because I hadn't seen it in so long, there were so many gross, goopy moments that I had forgotten about that I really liked. Yeah. So when Mia is under is is down there, for example, after she's like, I'm gonna like her. Yeah. She she uh one of the girls falls down the stairs and she starts like licking and kissing up her leg, up her skirt, and yep. then you know the girl pushes her off and tries to swat her away with the box cutter. And she oh, grabs the box cutter and she licks it. She presses her tongue Splits into the box it. cutter and splits her tongue in half and you see everything All of it. and it is so squirmy and gross or the part where the girl in the bathroom has the syringe and stabs the dude in the eye oh, and he yeah. you see him pull the syringe in a close up in a out close of his up, eye out of his eye the whole needle like an like a 6 inch needle pulling it out of his eyeball disgusting squirming filthy brilliant and then Genius. this new one like when when uh dead eye ellie like grabs the the, the tattoo machine. I'm sure there's a word for that thing. Uh, a tattoo machine. Yes. Oh, amazing. Uh, and she starts and she like point and she pokes it up to the to the daughter's eye, and you're like, oh god, she's gonna stab the tattoo Here machine comes. into the eye. Nope. And it pulls away at the last second. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, stop. Do it. Push it. Stab it. Put yeah. put. Just stab her in the eye. Shove the thing into her eyeball. <laughs> Fucking put that shit in there. Put it in. <laughs> I, I and that's what was frustrating because it wasn't it. There was nothing really that creative with any of the blood and the gore. It was all... It's weirdly clean. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of blood and a lot of gore compared to other horror movies that are coming out. Correct. But compared to other Evil Dead movies, it's very clean. It's coming up short. And I think back to just all the weird, gross scenes, again... To reference the remake, um, when they redo like the vine rape scene and Mia's all horrifying. tied up with the vines, horrifying. And also this big slug demon creature thing like crawls like up her leg vines that just, like, and goes slithers. up her like literally, you know, 
up her. You're like two scenes away from full on pornog. Like, yeah, it's, like it's it's it very is, tense and gross. It's gross. It's, it's hard scary. To watch. It's tough to watch. And it's like, oh my god, this made it into a rated R movie. This like, kid, that's yeah, insane. Like absolutely insane. And with this one, there's the 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 tattoo machine almost goes into the eye but then it doesn't and then there's the scissors and the face was kind of fun yeah but then it just kind of ends there's no like you have the shard of glass through the hand but that happens in like a lot of movies now i and feel like someone the knife through the arm and the hand it is very cliche horror things um you had the eating the glass and seeing it come through her that neck. was a good that bit. was that a was good a good bit, bit. but she, i was, wanted more of that great. i just wanted yeah like you're saying i want a lot more um a lot happens in the hallway that we just straight up don't see. Yeah, so when the little girl, or they, they lock a dead-eye Ellie outside in the hallway, and she starts going to town and all the neighbors who are non-characters, they're just and they're not, just fodder. Yeah, they're Here's fodder. our fodder. Is just, which, is, which is fine, except really there should have been more fodder. There should have been a lot and more. And so a lot of the violence that you see is off-screen. And off-screen violence is very scary when you're making a movie that is designed to be scary. When you're making a movie... You know how much I love Blair Witch, Jack. Absolutely. And something I love about the Blair Witch is that you don't see anything. Absolutely. All of the horror is created in your mind by all the things that you don't see. You're just told what happens or you're here in the distance what happens and it's very scary. But the whole movie is like that. When you're doing an Evil Dead movie, the point is to see everything. You want to see all of the blood, all of the guts, all of the wackiness, all of everything. And then to have so much of the violence and the gore to happen in the hallway off screen it's like why are, why aren't you showing me this yeah you feel a little cheated you almost yeah. feel like was this supposed to be not an r-rated movie there's, there's no way given like, you know you what you do see what you so, do see there's definitely yeah this yeah. is definitely a mature movie and very very disgusting in a lot of aspects and right. i liked a lot of the disgustingness but you know you make a good point of it kind of falls short and they just the the bits kind of just end they don't go on and make you squirm they just kind of they're like "Ooh, gross and then and then i heard my friends next to me going oh my god there's no way she's gonna get us from there <laughs> and i was like uh-huh so at the end they all form into this big monster mash amalgamation thing uh, yeah they like crawl into her skin in some kind of weird way which is kind of obscured because it's a weird thing but you know a most common thing in evil dead or well, at least in the remake and now this movie is the pages of the necronomicon will turn to an atrocity and then that's like what's supposed to happen. It's supposed to be like, oh, and this yeah. one was like, oh, a lady made of arms or some weird yeah. cosmic horror bullshit. And it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, so her kids like climb into her and they like become a spider creature and they go after them. And that becomes the big final boss. Um, but again, when it comes to, you know, kind of a letdown, I I thought that whole sequence was a little bit boring and they they obscure too much of the puppet because they sure puppet. do. It's a, it's a practical effect, which is cool. It becomes this big, like twelve armed legged, big, gross thing. But you don't really see it that much. And no. this movie had a, a a not small budget, and they clearly put effort into it. But they don't show off the puppet, and I want to see the puppet. And I don't think the design of the puppet was that great. And you know what it made me think of? It made me think of The Void. The Void. Have you seen The Void? I have not seen The Void. You know about The Void. I've, I know of it, yeah. It's, it's the, 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 guy, the guys who made Manborg. Yes. Yeah, another great film. Stop listening to this and go watch The Void, everybody. The Void is awesome. Void is pure cosmic horror with big puppets and wonderful practical effects. And that movie was made on like five dollars and belly button lint like they had it was a crowdfunded movie i think and the puppetry is fantastic 
Um, and I was watching Evil Dead Rise going, I think the puppets in the void were better than this. Like I just, the creature design did not overwhelm. It was, I was whelmed. I was so whelmed by I the was way. was comfy. Yeah. I, I wasn't like, oh God, that's so gross. But I wasn't like, oh hell yeah, that's sick. I was just like, oh, it's a many armed monster. Well, it's a far cry from, I at least vibe wise, than the scene that you get at the end of the remake where blood rains from the it's sky. It's just like a you get a this awesome little chainsaw fight and there's like a chainsaw thrust through someone's face like they're open like I think through Deadite Mia's mouth and then yeah, all of a sudden it starts raining blood and it's yeah it's gratuitous it's nasty it's also fun. the jeep falls onto Mia's arm and she has to like rip it off rip right? her own arm out of like off uh-huh. uh and then fight one armed <laughs> yeah uh, with the chainsaw <laughs> and you're seeing her on the ground screaming as she's using the weight of the crushed jeep to like sever her own arm yeah. off like it's really gross and really bloody and everything and this just aliens fight ripley and new versus don't the see queen alien but you just see beth and cassie and they got the chainsaw and they're fighting the big thing a lot of the fight takes place in the truck of the wood chipper which is a choice yeah you know it's, a, it's not in because it's it all this is going down in the parking lot which is the underground parking but most of it is happening being obscured by a vehicle in some way shape or form yeah and again a letdown <laughs> it's it's okay to see it's okay to obscure your monsters when the point is to be mysterious and spooky a la the first alien which like or the thing even or the thing where yeah. y- you don't see the thing very much and that's what makes it scary is yeah, that when it's, you do it's different every time so right there's you a, can't figure out the form of it but this was like it's a bloody slasher loud like big bang music like it's 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 very over the top like show me the puppet show me yeah. the puppet people show it. put the show puppet me the on puppet. the screen you get a nice it's not nice it's you not get nice a uh, you get a little coda at the end of the film uh where you have this girl and she's like oh my god i can't wait for our big weekend at the lodge resort and she's like getting all into her that car is and everything. verbatim the line that is said that's by the actually- way. That, that was a hundred percent the line that is told in that fashion too and then um the spooky deadite last the last cameras. remains the last remains of the spooky deadite slime that they thought they had killed but it was oh, just hiding was, out in the wood chipper it was just festering like a wound in the wood chipper and then just gets her and then that character that gets got was in fact the girl from the very beginning cold open of the film yeah so it ties it all back to the very beginning pointless and stupid pointless and stupid so i thought this movie couldn't decide if it wanted to be scary or if it wanted to be silly it didn't really know what it wanted to do it didn't know if it wanted to tell a character story or a slasher story it rode the line between not funny enough to be like a funny horror movie but not scary enough to be a scary horror movie not very much in the Evil Dead canon uh, in terms of just the whimsical style that these films have. It ended up just being, I, I thought, very confused. I couldn't, um, I couldn't figure out what it wanted to do. I do want to say the sound design was very good. I really liked the way yeah. the, uh, the vinyl record spun and spoke the words. And I thought that was a cool and inventive way. One of the, the few truly inventive moments of the movie where all the other Evil Dead movies, someone reads aloud from the pages of the book. Yeah. And I think ever since Cabin in the Woods, when they make jokes about how you never read the Latin. 
I think now movies are like, well, now we can't have characters oh, reading the. We can't we do can't, that because everyone's just going to be like, well, you never read the Latin. Yeah, you know. So they had to come up with a new way of doing that, and I thought it was really cool that they find these was, cool old vinyl LPs. Clever. They play them on the speakers, so nobody actually speaks the words of, from the book aloud, they but they get played yeah. through the speakers. Very cool, and also it has this very deep bassy. It goes it's really, really it, resonant. It and seamlessly the sound is fits so into nice. where everyone can hear it. Yeah. And you can tell it's just earth shattering. Really awesome. Cool. Um, the performances were all very good. Um, I liked the effects when they were there and yep. when you could see them and when they started. Um, um, last little tidbit too many Chekhov's guns in this movie. As a reminder, the Chekhov, Chekhov's gun is uh, the sort of literary device. I believe it comes from stage plays um, where uh, someone smarter than me will, will know this exactly. But you have a play. There was a play and there was a gun and it's on the it's hanging above the door frame in a uh, on the stage. In Chekhov's house. In yeah. Chekhov's house. Yeah, yeah if so you will. Chekhov has his gun above the, yeah, above the door. Chekhov bought a gun. And recently. you're watching the, the play the whole time and going, well, there's a gun there. Surely at some point it's going to be used. Lo and behold, it gets used. So the point is you can't like just show... You can't have a big axe hanging on the wall in the room without the audience going. There's gonna, they're gonna do something with that. Gonna do something with that. So there was a lot of that in this movie where you they go down into the garage, um, and the clicker for like the gate isn't really working, and you're like, oh, I wonder if the clicker with the gate is gonna come into play later in the movie. Oh man! Then you have um, you have the wood chipper down there that flops open. You're like, oh man, looks like. There's tree trimming tomorrow, so that means I gotta move my car, or else I'm gonna get towed. <laughs> exactly. You have uh, uh, Ellie, who is like Cassie. You better not be playing with my scissors. And, and then, then she's she, like, she slides it under the couch, and the camera holds on the scissors being slid under the couch. And you're like, well, I wonder if some character later is gonna be on the floor and reach for those scissors and use them. Funniest, most cartoonishly large pair of scissors ever, too. It's like those scissors that they cut the big ribbons with at the grand opening of the yeah literally and they you know especially look that big in the hands of a child but yeah yeah that was just kind of funny yeah um, and you're like i wonder when that's gonna show up and then you know you have uh the mom don't ever take the elevator in the storm quake and i wonder if someone's gonna take the, the elevator in the storm quake funny in the storm quake elevator is gonna happen yep um yeah, there is oh, a also, lot of that. There's also the um the neighbor who's like the ghost of Mr. Whiskers is hiding up in the uh, attic ducks or whatever, and you're like, Oh, I yeah. wonder if someone's yeah. gonna crawl into the attic. I will say I thought it was, the crawl space. I thought it was kind of a nice uh, another subversion that happens that's kind of funny is you know, I thought they were gonna do exactly what we were talking about earlier of you know, there's an insert animal here to die to gain sympathy. Um, because there is a scene where the cat is shown in the air duct and yep. you're like oh great here we go now we're gonna kill it's a an cat, orange cat it's isn't be, it yeah it's a little orange cat you know who else had an orange cat uh ripley ellen ripley from oh, alien would you aliens look at that would you look at that the newt of the movie has shown up yeah you get newt two in the uh toot up in the vents and i thought it was nice that they didn't just kill the cat for killing cat's sake and she used it to climb back into the apartment that being said they still set up the air ducts and then they used it and there was just so True. much of those moments of of you know oh i wonder when that's gonna show up again and every movie does that every especially movie horror movies that. but this this one i felt like it was noticeable how many times they did it it's glaring yeah there's a lot um also there was a random choice of old callbacks and a random uh omission of certain callbacks didn't so, they quite literally say 
they started chanting Dead by Dawn, which is the tagline of Evil Dead 2. Yes, and in Evil Dead 2, you have the Dadite saying, Dead by Dawn. (laughs) Dead by Dawn! Dead Dead by Dawn! Yeah, and then they do that again in this movie, so that was... You know, whatever. Hey guys, I I remember, remember that Dead by Dawn. Do you guys remember that? I and, recognized that. And then, as I said earlier, there's the moment where the eyeball flies out of the guy's head and into the girl's mouth. That's the shot-for-shot recreation from Evil Dead Two. Yep. Um, you have obviously the pizza that they go and get is Henrietta's pizza. Ain't that cute? Reference to Henrietta from Evil Dead Two. And yet, despite all that, there where is the 1973 Oldsmobile Delta? Yeah, for the God's car sake. that is in every Evil Dead movie. Now I swear to God, we're going to see a video in like a week of somebody going look closely, and it's going to be that one guy. It's going to be Cinema like, Sins or something. Did shit. you know that in the Evil Dead Rise, a 1972 Oldsmobile is seen in the parking garage to the left? If you pause like, the movie off. at approximately 45 minutes, you will see the 1973 Oldsmobile Delta in the back of the shot. Wow, what an attention to detail by Sam Raimi and co. If you look closely on the keys in the car, you will see an S-Mart <laughs> keychain dangling between Wait, the house really? keys. No, I'm just saying this is like the types of videos yeah. that are going to happen okay, after but, this movie. But yeah, but seriously, where was the old... So the Oldsmobile was, I think it was Sam Raimi's car, and it's in every Evil Dead movie. Not the exact same car, but the same model of the car, same color. It's in every Evil Dead movie. And I was like, where's the car? So they throw in like Henry at his pizza, and and the dead by dawn and the eyeball gag i'm like where's the car of course as soon as we we fucking upload this i'm sure someone as we just joked is going to be like oh it's actually in this scene and you well, missed yeah, it you, you guys, guys didn't catch fans. the you car when you can catch the car you, you can, can see the car outside in that one scene oh my god walking by like yeah stupid idiots but for now neither of us noticed the car nobody and said that's a groovy range omission I noticed nobody said groovy, which I feel like was a a staple of Evil Dead is Ash saying groovy when he gets his stuff. And I I mean, they said the word groupie a lot. (laughs) And maybe I'm supposed to have some kind of aural sensation of like when they say groupie, (laughs) it's supposed to sound like groovy. And that's the throwback. But that's a dumb one, if that's true. At the very, very end, the post credit scene of the remake of Evil Dead you have Bruce Campbell's giant face go on screen, stare at the camera and go, groovy. So it's yeah, just a happen, staple of that franchise. It's mainly Ash is the staple. Yeah. But that's his, that's his catchphrase. Um, you also had, in addition, like the aliens, obvious reference, you had a big shining moment. Yes. When and the elevator opens. Glaring it, shining moment. It, it was, it, it was, have you seen the clip of Orson Welles talking about how he hates homage in movies? The most detestable habit in all modern cinema is the homage. I don't want to see another goddamn homage in anybody's movie. There are enough of them which are unconscious. This is Hank Hill. I don't want to see a goddamn homage homage in a film. Bobby, when you kids go and make a <laughs> remake of Evil Dead, you better not make any gosh darned homage. We won't, Dad. <laughs> and so there's a big shining moment, and it was it was beyond homage. It was like it was a shot for shot remake, and I was like, okay, why are we doing this? Like, why we did the aliens thing? Now yeah. we're doing the shining thing. We're doing all the Evil Dead throwbacks. Like, it's literally be creative. Do your own thing. What is going on here? Evil Dead is cool because of all the creativity in the movies. <laughs> Absolutely, and this one lacked creativity. 
even in the remake where there were yes. homages, they got real creative with how they did their kills and they weren't doing. And once again, referencing the box cutter on the tongue. Yeah, box cutter in the tongue. We got the shard of glass to make a Chelsea smile on her face. We got we got the needle in the eye. We got the, the goddamn electric turkey knife scene was something else. And that <laughs> and that was fun. The nail gun. The nail gun. So many fun moments. There's just a lot to love. And this one, it it held back. It, it really there did. was still a lot of fun to be had, it really I think, did. but there it held back in a lot of ways. Something that really also affected me for how much I enjoyed it was the marketing of this film. I don't Downfall know. Downfall of horror. Yes. I don't know how closely you followed the marketing, if at all. Um, but I followed the, uh, the Instagram page. I was reading articles from, you know, the... the Bloody disgusting. Film festivals, guys, these film, sorts of things. Film stuff, yeah. Um, and one thing in particular that they were really pressing was the cheese grater. Red flag. So... At South by Southwest, Lily Sullivan and Alyssa Sutherland were on the red carpet at South by Southwest where the film premiered, and they had a cheese grater with them. And they even did a red carpet little gag photo shoot of the cheese grater. And I was like, they're You're really joking. I'm not joking. And that's so much. They released an official alternate poster to the film, which oh, no. has the skyline of Los Angeles which doesn't even feature in the film beyond like one shot. Uh, the skyline of Los Angeles, but one of the buildings is a cheese grater. It's a bloody cheese grater. I'm not me. kidding. Oh and so God. with all this hype, I was like, what are they going to do with the cheese grater? Are they going to like, like cheese grate someone's dick off? Yeah. I was God, like, what is happening? What is going to happen with the cheese grater? It's the most forgettable thing. Friends, it shows up for one shot <laughs> and they scrape someone's like calf off with the cheese grater. Like, not even bad. You could walk away from it just fine. Yeah, you put some Neosporin on that, some Band-Aids, you're good. It was, in a, I've gotten worse abrasion skateboarding. Definitely. It ends up being basically nothing. And I was like, they hyped up the cheese grater so much, and it's one moment in the movie, and it's not even cool. And I found that to be so, so lame. Um, another thing with the marketing I didn't like was that they put so many of the, what few there are, Dead it e lines in the movie. Uh, they they put in the trailer. Um, for example, there's one part where Dead Eye Ellie says, "You know, I'm finally free from you, free from all you titty sucking parasites." Yeah, and it's supposed to be like a funny line, kind of a gag line. It's in the trailer. It is all. It there. is in the trailer, and so when it happens in the movie. And clearly the entire theater I saw, which was a full theater, by the way, had seen the trailer because like two people kind of giggled at that where I was like, I would have laughed at that if I hadn't seen it in the trailer. Yeah, right. And then something they also think they show, I think, in the red band um, is the girl eating the glass. Yes, they show almost the entire scene. Yeah. So going into the movie, I'd seen the girl eat the glass. I seen Ellie say titty sucking parasites. I see her say Amy, Meanie. Mighty. You. There's that little moment. Mama's with the maggots now. Mommy's with the maggots now. Which was oh, kind was of in, cool, but that was in both trailers, both yep. Green Band and Red Band trailers. Yep. There was so much given away in the trailers that I hated. There was so much with the the red carpet with the cheese grater that I was just like, why are you hyping this all up and it's not even a thing in the movie? It was so odd. Um, and I, I found that that definitely impacted like how much I enjoyed it in the theater and 
because I always sit through the credits like a weirdo right. and process everything I'd seen. Um, there was a group of guys who had also who also sat through the whole credits, and one of them was saying, "Oh, I thought it was so funny when she said titty sucking parasites." And the the other guy was like, "It was in the trailer. I saw it coming." And I was like, "Wow!" There so it's go. not just me. Okay. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> like so. This is affecting other people too. Big difference between that and the 2013 remake. And this, I think I mentioned this earlier. Um, all of that is revealed in the trailer, so you have this expectation. Back when the Red Band and the even the Green Band for the Evil Dead uh, 2013 remake came out, um, I feel like there was a little less information. But even in the Red Band, you got a lot. Like you, the box cutter scene was in the Red Band, and the the turkey carvers alluded to. But it's edited in such a way that it almost cuts the sheet the scenes um, really short, and it makes it. It just teases you. So it, it does a good job of teasing the scene. And the thing that the movie delivers on is it drags the scenes on. You don't get just a box cutter. You get a bloody mouthful of cut tongue spitting yeah. everywhere. You get it's dragged on. And there's a difference there because you have this expectation and it's subverted by just the sheer length of the trauma you're watching. Yeah, I I just thought the way it was promoted gave too much away. Yeah. Really affected my enjoyment. And you know what's not scary? Hmm. Smiling. I am so done with smiling in horror movies. And if I may talk a little smack on Smile <laughs> of 20, 2022's aptly named Smile. Smile. Uh, this trend, and this is not just Smile's fault. This is a lot of different films do this. Before, before you go on, can I just oh, say, so yeah, bringing sorry, that up because the poster of the movie has Ellie's face, you can't see her above like the nose, you just have her creepy grinning smile. She does a lot of creepy smiling throughout the movie. And of course you're talking about the Paramount horror film which came out last fall called Smile, Literally. which the poster was also a big creepy smile and the entire trailer was based around creepy smiles and, and the entire guerrilla marketing campaign was based around people wearing a shirt that said smile and standing at sporty events smiling into cameras which yeah. was just dumb as hell if you ask me i think it was at the dodgers game where they stood behind the pitcher it was a basketball so, game too an nhl oh, really? game it said it was in a couple games and i was yeah. like you've got to be joking yeah smiling is not scary Stop it. That being said, Alyssa Sutherland, again, great performance. And she did look very good and very creepy. And she has an interesting face that fit with the whole creepy smile thing. Yes. But it's not scary anymore. Like, I was never, I never watched her smile and was like, ooh, this is creepy and weird. I was just like, cool. It's, and it's different too, because there is smiling that happens in um, the remake. Um, I mean, Mia's got kind of a cursed dead-eyed smile at a a few points and where she's toying with them. Uh But um, something... So it's reserved. It's mm-hmm. not It's not gratuitous. It wasn't part yeah. of the marketing. It wasn't shoved in your face. And yep. I mean, the last, even the last five years, I would say, yeah. any horror-related thing that maybe wasn't part of a big franchise or was maybe an, an indie slasher or gore movie involved something that was smiling. Pretty sure Insidious or Conjuring have like a They have a smiling, smiling man, I there's, think. There's a man or there's like a old lady or something that's smiling yeah yeah and i guess we get we can have them to thank for starting all this because i remember in the very first insidious they do a whole smiling thing yeah i think it's uh insidious. we had that that the black phone i know that refused to watch it but yep that the black had a phone smiling mask and the poster was the smiling mask yeah it's just an obsession with this creepy uncanny smile but yep. at this point it's gotten so gratuitous we're all numb to it 
we're all so numb to it. I think, I think I speak for a lot of people. It's just not doing it. You know what else isn't scary? What? Crawling. Yeah, crawling's overdone. Crawling's not scary either. So there's a part where Ellie gets on all fours and crawls at them. Um, if you've ever watched a person in real life crawl, it's very funny. It's not y- easy. You can't, it's, <laughs> it's hard to crawl and not look stupid. Yeah. Um, humans aren't meant to do that. Yeah. And so in all these movies, when they get down and start crawling, I'm like, that's not scary. They look stupid. Well, yeah. And, you know, there's, I think there's plenty of people who do think it's scary because of what you just said is humans aren't meant to really crawl in a, in a way that works. And I think they're trying to play up the uncanniness of it. But it just, for this type of movie, it doesn't work. No. There's a difference between terror and horror. Yeah, and and terror and suspense and thrillers get lumped under horror, and so there's this huge audience expectation. They want that monster that is going to be a Funko Pop in four months that I can buy and put on my desk, and it's just a shame because a lot of great movies that are not horror movies get lost in the horror movie mix. This is a great segue for something you said to me a few weeks ago when you said, I don't think people actually like horror movies. I think they like merch. And I think that was such a great point. And it made me think about Evil Dead and Evil Dead's place in horror sort of iconography. Yeah. And I realized it's not. Um, no. Evil Dead is, weirdly enough, kind of like a punk's horror movie. The it, very, yeah. The, it, it's almost like a cult classics in their own sense where like people walk around wearing Friday the 13th clothes and you can't go to a spirit Halloween without finding Nightmare on Elm Street stuff, Friday the 13th, Halloween. Yeah. You know. Uh, Occasional Leatherface. Leatherface as well. Um, you don't, but there's no, there's no like weird face. There's no weird iconography in Evil Dead. Ash is the main character from all the old movies. Right. Um, and you can't really market Ash because he's just Bruce Campbell in a, with a chainsaw hand. He's just a guy. He's just a guy. Um, and I felt at times that this one was, with the whole smile thing, I almost felt like they were trying to force some kind of marketable iconography yeah. so that you can sell that Funko Pop, you can sell those shirts at Hot Topic, you can do well, whatever sort of, you know. And what you just said with the cheese grater, I mean, that's that's so that's pretty blatant. So and that's, forced. That's just like, what are we, why are we even making it? Yeah. Are you are you selling a scene or are you selling a movie? Like, yeah. It's, it's very strange. Exactly. Um, Funko Pop cheese grater when? Funko Pop toot in the vent when? <laughs> in limited edition all silver. <laughs> Monochrome. The, uh, Ellie uh, porthole vision, so she's all uh, wide-angle lens, warped <laughs> fish eye, and also a uh, rainbow-colored, limited to 200 pieces, San Diego Comic-Con exclusive, yeah. $55. At least. When? Yeah, please. When? Speaking of Ash, does Evil Dead work without Ash? Your thoughts, Jack? Um, to an extent, it does not. And then in another way, it does. And I think wow. you mentioned it earlier with Whimsy. And I think Evil Dead, Ash is your star of Evil Dead. He is he is our character we care about because he's fun. He's in the movie. He is just he's just some guy um, and a rather attractive himbo 
kind of guy for that movie. And he does get more himboy along the way. Yeah, like in the sure first does. movie, he's like he's a competent a main character. Yeah. By the second one, he's a little bit stupider. Yeah. And by Army of Darkness, he's he's, he's full completely blown. an idiot, absolute moron, head empty. It's great, but shredded, but shre- absolutely shredded. Yeah. At this point, he's kind of hit his himbo peak in that time yeah. period too, um, and with other things he was in. Yeah, and that ties beautifully into Ash vs. Evil Dead, the TV show, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. You haven't seen it, have you? I have not, no. It's so good because they really accelerate that, the himbo-ness, where it's Ash 30 years later, and he's still working at the S-Mart, and he thinks he's hot stuff. He thinks he's like a cool swagging guy, uh, but he's just a loser who lives in a trailer and smokes weed all the time and works at the grocery store, and he's like in his mid-50s. Just like me for real. (laughs) He's the butt of every joke, and it makes for such a fun comedy main character um, because he's so incompetent but thinks so highly of himself, and he does have this chainsaw hand and a connection to fighting darkness. Uh, And something that makes Evil Dead... Ash vs. Evil Dead, the TV show, so funny is that it really is a straight-up comedy with horror elements. There are so many zingers and one-liners. There's a part where um, after the, a girl at the dinner table is found out to be a deadite and they go chase her upstairs, you know, he kicks open the door or whatever and he says, like, you left before daddy excused you or, or something <laughs> like that. Um other stupid lines where people are talking and he's trying to get a plan together and I think he says I'm hearing a lot of yapping and not a lot of happening so this is like re- that's incredible it's incredible oh yeah. no and there's a part where Lucy Lawless we love Lucy Lawless she's in the show too and and she she says something about uh, controlling the deadites or whatever and he says oh so you're the good guy now what you want to control all these demons like the godfather exactly yeah well I hated that movie too long and boring and not enough boobies and that, that's yeah. literally the TV show. It's so funny. It's so insane. They just play up him as this stupid, klutz idiot, but who has the power to slay deadites. And that's great. That is like the whimsy of at the heart of Evil Dead. So I agree with what you say. Like Evil Dead can work without him because I think they managed to do it in 2013. Absolutely. And I was like, oh, because you have to get rid of Bruce Campbell at some point just because he's getting old and you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Can't just do the same bit. Yeah. So with 2013, I was like, oh, wow, they figured out how to a way to make it whimsical, but to make it new and scary and like big budget and clean Mm -hmm. and freaky and weird. And I liked it. And this one made me go especially because I rewatched Evil Dead, uh, Ash versus Evil Dead before watching Evil Dead Rise. Watching Evil Dead Rise, I was like, I don't know if it can work without Ash. I mean, I guess they did it in 2013, but with this one, the whole time I was thinking, I was like, I just want, I just want him to like kick open the door and just be like groovy, you know, and he's there and he's got the chainsaw and he's going to like say some one liners and bam, bam, shoot up the dead. It's like, I was waiting for that charismatic character where, where, Evil Dead 2013 didn't have a charismatic central character, but it did have a style and it was gory and it was fun and engaging. And this one doesn't have a charismatic central character, but it's also not fun and entertaining for me. So I was waiting. I was like, where's the, where's the soul? Where's Ash? Like get Ash back in this movie. Like I, I, I don't know. I think the problem with this one as it differs from the remake is in the remake we had, we attached to one character and that was Mia. And it was, we were, like you said, we were given a lightning quick explanation. This is a girl who's, who's an addict who needs to be taken to a retreat to kind of just 
mellow out, cool off for a bit. Um, the rest of the characters are nothing. They're just fodder. And that's fine because it's an Evil Dead movie. This movie, Evil Dead Rise, we had like five main characters. We had Beth, who we're now supposed to feel sorry for because she's pregnant. Now we have this extra element of fear, like we were talking, a rather baseline of, oh, no, don't hurt the pregnant lady. Um, we have Ellie, who is a divorcee, single mom, doing her best. And now we have three kids that are supposed to be in there, too. So I think the problem where we lose a lot of that whimsy is now we don't just have a character, one character we can kind of attach to and like enjoy and root for. We have five and they all go a seven. They all go south pretty quick. Um, and then on top of that, we've got like four more in the hallway um, there's a cat introduced, you know, there's just too many characters. And I think my problem with a lot of movies is it, they, they're trying to make everybody an underdog. Yeah. And you don't need to in a movie where the entire premise is demons possessing people and ripping each other apart. You, you can have that one, you can have your ash, you can have your, either your competent guy or your, your complete head empty idiot that you love. But when you try and put five in there, you get, it gets busy. Yeah, and you think back to Evil Dead 2, where it starts with Ash and his girlfriend. Girlfriend goes pretty quick, and then it's Ash for, like, the next 45 minutes of the movie. And then they, very late in the movie, introduce the three other characters. Absolutely, yeah. The, who show up. And then they basically just show up because it's like they needed new bodies to kill. Yeah. But they didn't That's try totally to make... Fine. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. fine because they didn't try to make them into characters. Yeah. Whereas, as we said at the beginning, this one is trying to make these... It's trying to have five main characters. It's like, who's the protagonist here? Is it Ellie? Yeah, right. Is it uh, Beth? Is it Cassie? Is it Danny? Daughter? Is, is Danny going to redeem himself? Yeah, it's, yeah you know, uh, there's, all, it, there's too many was, questions. It was too much. It was too much. And it, it couldn't figure out what it wanted to do. And it, it was tonally a little bit messy. And yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I think this could have been very similar to the remake. And I think it was set up to do something very great with Evil Dead. Um, I really, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers and hoping that we don't get I feel like every movie is going to be a universe now and every franchise is turning by way of the multiverse now. And Bruce Campbell did say, I think this was at South by Southwest. He said him, Rob Tapert and Sam Raimi are considering now doing an evil dead movie every two to three years. Oh Jesus Christ. Which up until this movie, I would have said, hell yeah, because <laughs> all of the evil movie, evil dead movies are great. I love them all. But now seeing this one, I'm like, maybe don't we didn't do that yeah and the problem is it's probably going to happen to some capacity because this movie is doing quite well i think it just hit 100 million dollars at the box and that's a sign that it's gonna probably yes. have a sequel in the next two years yes and i am not thrilled i mean it depends on how they do this if they do it where every movie's kind of its own thing uh, there's a possibility kind of I don't, I don't know why Cloverfield comes to mind where there's the Cloverfield yeah. movie and then the 10 Cloverfield Lane yeah. uh, follows in the footsteps stylistically but doesn't happen in the same it's not a sequel doesn't happen in the same universe yeah Cloverfield Paradox was a dog shit trash movie but it's it's, it's sort of so fun I don't know so dumb <laughs> I 
<laughs> that's a separate Impact podcast. Movie. We got to do a Cloverfield <laughs> oh, one an no. episode. Yeah. Because, boy, that's a trip. Anyhow. But anyways. I see what you're saying. If, if they do it where it's like, okay, these are evil dead movies in the sense that they all follow a style guide, maybe there's something there. But if every two to three years we have to watch people find a Necronomicon, read the words, deadites come out. People get possessed. One person lives to fight another day. Like it's it's not going to work unless you have that central character of Ash that carries through all the films because he is the lifeblood of the original three. We're gonna and have Ash versus Evil Dead. Gonna have a Hellraiser situation on our hands. Oh my god! There's too many of those uh, movies. We're gonna have like twelve movies that take place in this figment of a universe that have a cursed object. Yeah. And consequences for it. And it's just going to be the same movie, arguably worse every time. The synopsis for each film will be a cursed object brings consequences. Uh, yeah, I feel like this. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That, that, will, that could be Evil Dead at this point. Like a cursed book brings bad luck yeah. to a family that's just trying to make it in Los Angeles. <laughs> a single dad <laughs> is trying to raise his kids in Los Angeles, California when he finds... More than he bargained for. <laughs> Are you familiar with the Netflix two-minute rule? Um, is that where uh, you have to... I, I feel like I just read about this. You have to grab the audience within two minutes or else they're done for, or the movie's done for? Yeah, so Netflix up until I think 2021 counted a view as watching the first two minutes of a thing. Christ. And that's why they started auto-playing uh, on the app like when you're scrolling through Netflix if you leave your cursor like on a thing for too long it'll just start playing the movie because yeah, they're the looking to bump up those views feature. yeah it's like I'm not trying to watch the movie I'm trying to read the description yeah and you it's know. like you'll read you'll read the movie and you're you're like four you know four lines in and all you hear it's just a random scene of like oh my god Cassie what's happening today we gotta go and you're like Jesus fucking yeah. Christ shut up yeah yeah um and so they count views. I don't allegedly they don't do it anymore, but they used to count views as like watching two minutes of the thing. No, oh, and that started this trend of all these movies now having these stupid cold opens. Yeah, I'm thinking of Unhinged with Fat Russell Crowe, where there's a cold open for that movie where he like go with a it movie just starts with him being crazy and he like burns down a house and then it just ends after like two or three minutes and then it's like Netflix presents Unhinged and then one day earlier and you're like oh my god and so when this movie does that i'm like this is how far we've fallen like evil dead has now come victim to the two minute rule of netflix which they say they don't do anymore but yet this movie very still had like this this cold open that has nothing to do with the rest of the movie and only gets tied in at the very very end it doesn't i guess you could say it sets up a sequel but in the loosest terms um and it's so useless it's just a thing to like grab the audience's attention when they're scrolling on their apps and go "Ooh, maybe i do want to watch this but when you're watching it in a theater for the first time it's like oh this isn't the movie yeah seriously five minutes of a thing happened then it stops and then it's like oh this is the movie now the movie starts like we're at a point where movies now start seven minutes into the movie right which is insane to me yeah it's so annoying not great something that i thought of and this is just part of my brain rot but this movie to me was like the steamed hams of horror movies (laughs) okay i'm strapping in for this one here we go i was just i couldn't stop thinking of the steamed hams skit from the simpsons watching this movie (laughs) hear me out okay okay so 
steamed hams, you know. Uh, yes. Uh, Principal Skinner, uh, he's invited uh, Superintendent Chalm- Chalmers over for lunch. An unforgettable luncheon. An unforgettable luncheon. He's burned the the roast. He disguises crusty burgers as his food. And, you know, he comes out and he's like, Superintendent, I hope you're ready for mouth-watering hamburgers. I thought we were having steamed clams. No, no, I said steamed hams. That's what I call hamburgers. You call hamburgers steamed hams? Yes. It's a regional dialect. Uh-huh. Uh, what region? Uh... The whole time when Cassie was looking through the the peephole to see the mom, and she's like, I'm okay, Cassie. Just open up the door. And she's like, I don't know, Mom. You don't look good. I was just thinking about steamed hams. Mommy, you look kind of dead. Ho, 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 no. Oh, no. Nothing no. a little hug with you couldn't fix. It, it, That's it, so funny. <laughs> that is... I we are the minority in thinking that, but that is that is so stupidly funny. Our um, brains are so far gone. We watch Evil Dead Rise and think steamed hams. Yeah, that's a new level of brain rot. Don't be like us, um, please. Pl- if you're listening, don't be us. Don't be us. Do not aspire. We are not. We are not role models. Seymour. Do we have anything else to say about Evil Dead Rise, Jack? Would you recommend? Evil Dead Rise. I would say if you like a good gore fest, um, sure. Um, I'd tell you maybe eight, 80% of the movie is pretty cool. Um, if you are looking for the next Evil Dead film and you are a Evil Dead purist, I don't think you're going to have that good a time. And I don't think it's going to feel like an Evil Dead movie. Yeah, I think if you're just looking to watch a movie for 90 minutes that's entertaining it is entertaining and you just want to well have a performed. good time it's got some fun effects it's by no means a bad movie yeah i think you'll have a good time but as you said if you're like me and you're an evil dead weirdo and you're hyped for another evil dead movie or looking for another the next i don't know it follows or the next you know big genre the defying big horror genre movies bender. you're it's, not gonna fight it. it's not gonna be this it's it's a above par horror movie but it is not in my opinion up to the standards of what an evil dead horror movie should be well said and let that be a lesson that uh your average viewer will probably not find the next pinnacle of horror in a storied franchise no it is almost always going to be an expectation and a deliverance on nostalgia and maybe a few throwbacks uh to the original movies but trust me you're not going to find the next groundbreaking horror in your scream sevens and your megan to the meganings and your insidious 10 we're still doing this the boogeyman coming out next month oh the boogeyman Based on another Stephen King thing. Yeah, that's another that's another good rule of thumb. You're not going to find the next groundbreaking horror by following Stephen King movies. You're not going to find the next groundbreaking horror with any movie that has the blank man in it either. That is a wonderful stipulation. Yeah, you no bye bye man, no boogeyman. No, the empty man came close. But empty man is very good. We liked the empty man. Yeah, we did. We're breaking like our own man. rules here. We yeah, we are subverting. Well, I think that's about all I have to say. Jack, thank you so much for being here for the inaugural episode of 
How embarrassing. Um, if you want to plug yourself, by all means. Otherwise, that's it for me, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for having me. This is an absolute honor. This has been talked about for so long, and seeing it coming to fruition is just a joy. I did the logo for this podcast. Oh, if, right. If you, uh, if, you, uh, if you like that kind of stuff, I'm an illustrator. You can find me on Instagram. I link this below, I guess. Um, and uh, I am available for work. Support Jack and his art. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Really? Well, I'm from Utica, and I've never heard anyone get a face team. Yeah. Oh, not in Utica. No, it's not the experience. You know, these hamburgers are quite similar yeah. to the ones they have at Krusty Burger. It's a new family recipe. Oh, 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 oh. Thing I, I said, have you seen a patented Skinner burger? <laughs> <laughs>